by no one's demand but our own from our home office here in sunny, scenic, chilly, still quarantined Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions podcast. It is powered by Two Rivers Ford, and it is brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Hello, friends. Here on a Tuesday, Buck Rising here with you. Hope everybody's feeling right, living well. You should be. You're 10-4, and four, or at least if you're a Titans fan, you're 10-4. and four. If you're a Vols fan, you don't have to watch a bowl game. <laughs> we'll get to that in five good minutes. You're going to look forward to this conversation that we have with our friends Corey Curtis from WKRN News 2 and John Glennon from Broadway Sports Media discussing Pro Bowls, all manner of Titans topics, Tannehill, Henry, the list goes on and on ahead of the Green Bay Packers game. We have much to discuss, as well as the aforementioned cancellation of the Vols Bowl appearance. But before we do so, we are going to tell you about all of the great things that Two Rivers Ford is going to roll out in the new year. The 2021 Bronco Sport, I went and saw it the other day. You can test drive it right now at Two Rivers Ford. You can go out to the dealership. You can check them out online. You can customize your own as people are continuing to pre-order them at tworiversford.com. Not just the Ford Bronco, though. If you are so inclined, if you're a truck, girl, or guy, they have the new F-150. It's a badass machine. You can take a nap in it. It's specifically designed so you can take a nap in it, which is not something that you knew you needed. Or at least I didn't know that I needed until I tried to take a nap in the new F-150. It's very, very cool. It's very, very restful, as a matter of fact. And it's among one of the many qualities that the new vehicles at Two Rivers Ford have to offer you. As I mentioned, at the dealership in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com, you know that Two Rivers Ford is powered by Ford, but you also know, just like this podcast, it is driven by the people. Let's get to CC and Johnny G. Back here, 615 Sessions podcast on the GetBeast.com Zoom line. It is honestly an indictment of me that it has been so long since we've had both of these gentlemen on the podcast. Corey Curtis, News 2, WKRN. Not only a good friend, but a better haircut. What's going on, CC? Uh, I was beginning to feel like I'd done something. <laughs> um, you know, I see Emily Proud making numerous appearances on this podcast. And while I understand she's a fountain of information, uh, I just didn't know where I was lacking in that department. Someone who is never lacking in that department is John Glennon of Broadway Sports. Also uh, somebody who I have been negligent in not inviting them regularly to the podcast. Boys, I do not want you to feel uh, like this is anything personal. I am just a terrible organizer. And Emily says yes a lot. <laughs> I, be- I believe that. I do. It's, it's good that you're bringing us all back together in the holiday spirit here, Buck. We appreciate that. Indeed. It's, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see how festive Johnny's living room is by no, one, uh, by no, no efforts of his own. I'm no. quite certain. No, it yeah. took me. I had to be. It had to be pointed out to me the other day that the Christmas lights were on and flashing uh, because I didn't recognize it for about the first five hours that I was in the room. So, and to be honest, that's how, Corey, that's how, 
to be honest, Corey, the only thing you did the last time you were on the podcast is say that you acquired a bulletproof vest if you were wanting, if you were to wander <laughs> back into my neighborhood. And so maybe I took that a little personally. I don't know. I don't know, bud. Yeah. You know what? You're still in the house. It hasn't burned down. Uh, you got a cat named Michael. I mean, you got a great situation there. I got a, I got a whole alley full of cats and they're all named Michael. <laughs> Can you, can you give us a quick update on the shed, Buck? Just a, like a holiday update for the shed? Indeed. So the shed, uh, unfortunately, for the, for the good reverend who uh, passed on the year of oh, our, no. uh, the year of our Lord 2020, too much, uh, too much for the good reverend. So he, uh, at, 100 and, at 104 years old, uh, was, uh, was finally content in moving on to the next life. And so at this point, the house uh, adjacent to me has not been, uh, the property has been purchased by people who plan to redevelop it, but the shed mm -hmm. remains intact. The shed mm. is now occupied by uh, Michael Sr. and Michael, <laughs> uh, Michael's one, two, three, and four, I'm pretty sure, based on the, uh, the, various, uh, <laughs> the various variations of Alley Cat that I see stalking my fence. And uh, and keeping my uh, my yard pest free. So shout out to Michael and, and the uh, and the shack which currently houses him and his family. Well, good to know I'll have a place to stay if I need it. <laughs> Just bring your bulletproof vest. All right, yeah. <laughs> we have uh, we have much to discuss and not a lot of time okay. uh, uh, to get to it because our friends are obviously in the middle of a very busy work day, and we do not want to keep them too terribly long. But there have been Pro Bowl snubs. There has been double-digit wins. Mm -hmm. There has been a continued MVP campaign. A lot of things uh, going on with the Tennessee Titans right now. I guess we'll start just because we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon and the Pro Bowl stuff came out late last night. Um, Derek Henry and A.J. Brown, Johnny, the only Titans – elected to this year's Pro Bowl that will actually not be played because of the Rona. But for the purposes of roster bo – or not roster bonuses, contract uh, bonuses that were negotiated in with Pro Bowl appearances, for the things that matter financially to the players, and for something for them to, you know, to have and to hold as some kind of accolade if they don't, in fact, make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, what, what did you make of the two that got in and, and maybe more importantly the ones that got left out? Well, to me, it was, it was interesting, the two that got in. Obviously, we knew Henry was going to be in. There's no doubt about that. He was one of the top vote-getters and, and, of course, well-deserved. To me, it was interesting, A.J. Brown, uh, you know, because basically this year, Corey Davis is having a little bit better year, I think, than, than A.J. Brown overall. Not a huge difference, but, but Corey's having a better year. And what I think happens a lot of times, especially with younger players, who don't have a lot of name recognition. It takes that first year to kind of get your name out there for people to start thinking about you. And then the next year is usually when you make the Pro Bowl. And I think that's what happened to AJ. He had that great rookie year, finished third in the, in the rookie of the year voting. This season has been close to as good, but, but not quite uh, as good as last year in terms of the numbers. But his name was out there. People know him now, and, and he gets the nod. Whereas Corey Davis – Maybe this is the year that his name starts to circulate because he had, has such great numbers. And maybe if he does it again next year, 
he's the guy that gets in there. But in terms of the snub, certainly I think Ryan Tannehill is a guy who, who got snubbed there. Uh, you know, some very good AFC quarterbacks, some very good quarterbacks in general. Um, but I think Ryan Tannehill's numbers stack up pretty well, especially when you compare him to a, to a Josh Allen, I would say. But again, you're seeing there, I think, Josh Allen, big name, young guy, you know, was, was drafted so high just a few years ago. Buffalo's on the rise. Tannehill, I, I think outside of Nashville, there's still too many people that think all Ryan Tannehill does is turn around and hand the ball to Derrick Henry all the time. It's, it's a bad rap that he's gotten. It's obviously not true, but I think that's where the snub comes from for him. Yeah, Corey, I was texting. Uh, I was texting with uh, some of the players actually, and one of the thing, the, one of the things that was provided to me as pushback. This is not a, an idea that I came up with on my own. Of course, none of my ideas are original. I take them from everybody else. Uh, it was pointed out to me that there is a MVP candidate and a running back that was elected to the Pro Bowl, but not one of the offensive line uh, or off offensive line men who are responsible for blocking for Derrick Henry to allow him to have success was even so much as a vote getter. And the thing that I think, not just what, jo what Johnny's talking about with the quarterback, but with the offensive lineman is people just don't know who plays for the Tennessee Titans, I think, in America. I really think that's the thing. Well, I think there's a lot to that. Um, and I, I was going to bring up Roger Saffold and um, Nate Davis. I thought those were the two that were going to, you know, jump to the forefront for me that, that could have been on there. And Saffold has some name recognition. He's been yeah. around the league. He's played in the Super Bowl. He got a big money deal. So he would have been the guy who I would have thought, you know, might have gotten a nod. Because I agree with you, you're going to have a back-to-back -back rushing champion with evidently no pro bowlers in front of him. And that's, that's just not true. Um, now, of course, Taylor Lewan has been to him, but he's not with the team right now. But so I, I think, you know, without question, that's the case. I, I agree with John that AJ gets the nod this year based on last year. A lot of these times, these, these awards are a year too late. Um, but I think, and I could be wrong on this, I think Corey's got five 100-yard games out of 12. I think AJ's played 12, and he has two or three. Is that correct? But the big number there, when you're looking at it, is touchdowns. And A.J. Brown has 10 touchdowns. He also has, I think, nine plays over 40 yards in the last two years. What plays show up on SportsCenter? The touchdowns, especially the long ones. So everybody in the league sees the A.J. Brown splash play. Not to say that he's not worthy whatsoever, but, you know, Corey had the 75-yarder. I don't know how many more of Corey's plays have showed up on SportsCenter or the NFL Network this year. So I think there's a lot more national recognition for A.J. based on the splash factor. Um, but, yeah, it's tough for those offensive linemen not to get in and tough for not – for the rest of the league and the fans to not kind of put two and two together. Well, and honestly, Johnny, I think Corey's a victim of his own offense because it wasn't Corey Davis's touchdown that made the Sports Center top 10. It was Derrick Henry throwing a, a Lions defensive <laughs> back uh, off the screen. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of different options, and it's a good problem to have, right? And nobody gives, nobody gives a shit less about the Pro Bowl than Mike Vrabel based on <laughs> conversations with it, him. Could it be because he felt snubbed by that game a few times? <laughs> yeah, that's true. He carries, I, we know he carries a grudge. Chris Harris. Hey, Mike. I guess uh, the Pro Bowl rosters are revealed tonight. We saw that uh, Derrick Henry got the third most fan votes in the NFL. Uh, in your mind, do you expect to see a, a handful of your guys uh, be on rosters this evening for the uh, the seasons that they've had so far? No. 
would you would you like to see them rewarded for it what they've done? Matter one bit. I mean, who can get the most Twitters? I know sometimes they offer a special where if you vote within the next like hour, each each retweet counts as is double. So you know, hopefully, um, we got to take advantage of the two for one special and, and try to get some more votes. <laughs> Very good, uh, Steve Lehman. Oh, Robbie chuckled. Robbie liked that one. Yeah, look, he went to one, and he was a really good player. And he went to one. I guarantee you he will not ever admit it, but he is still cheesed about that fact. We just, we just <laughs> but, couldn't but, get know, the two-for-one Twitter, uh, two Twitter vote uh, that he was talking about with us on Monday, Johnny. He just couldn't get it done. No. That's right. But, but you know, you know uh, and, and I'm certainly far from the first to say this, but, but Pro Bowl, you know, arguing over who should make the Pro Bowl is right up there with arguing over power rankings, I, I think, is actually – What? Pretty- uh, yeah, especially uh, significant. You know, it, it can dry, it, if if you if you let it, it'll it'll drive you crazy because there's no rhyme or reason. Mm-hmm. You know, it's popularity contest. It's it's as we said, based on last year. A lot of times, it's based on splash plays versus consistency over over a year. So, you know, uh, again, Buck, as as you mentioned, outside of of clauses and contracts. You know, I, I, I think – and I think most players are making enough money that they'd probably rather be happy with a, uh, you know, some playoff victories or, or a Super Bowl money round uh, as opposed to earning a Pro Bowl clause. Let me also add, Mike Vrabel relishes every player on his team that gets snubbed because yeah. whether it means anything or not, these guys all carry a chip. And whether the Pro Bowl is garbage or not, if they don't get invited, they remember it, each and every one of them. Well, and that only bodes well for Titans fans. It's a good time to be a Titans fan for the, po- uh, for the people listening at home. It's a good time to cover the Tennessee Titans because for the first time, at least in my uh, Titans media working lifetime, they have now won 10 games. I know that's the first time they've done it since 2008, so it's been quite a while for the both of you as well mm-hmm. who have been around here for a lot longer than me, not the AG. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let, go ahead, John. Let me tell you, Buck, your, your tenure, I know you, you like to talk about your, your tenure and so forth, but back in the day that, that Corey and I started uh, covering these lads, nine wins would have been a fantasy come true. You're talking about, hey, the first time they've made it over nine wins. You know, this this club went for many years without even sniffing nine victories. Hey, my so. first year they won 12, all right? so Okay, all right, all right, that's good. But we have to say for the most part over the last decade. <laughs> there was a desert. <laughs> exactly. There's been a lot of traveling in the wilderness uh, for, for the most part. So, it, yeah, it's, it's a great year to be a Titans fan. And, of course, you know, we, we, we can't get past the irony of it all that in a great year to be a Titans fan, you really can't get into the stadium to watch it. And the, and the team, of course, you know, it's, it's harder for the team to market. Uh, it's harder for the team to, to advertise uh, because of that. So uh, for us a to tell the stories. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, well, that's, and that's, you know, we, well, I've, I've spent far too much time with, with far too many of our colleagues bitching about the zooms and, and the lack of, you know, variety just based on the stories that we can tell. But it's it's something that continues to be a thing. It is what it is, man. Now, when you talk about something that fans uh, don't get this year, based on the, uh, the renovations to Nissan Stadium that they are proposing, perhaps they will be able to watch with a beer and popcorn Mike Vrabel <laughs> eviscerate us in post-game press conferences for the price of uh, sweet admission. Do you guys see these renderings that came out I, of the I stadium? Saw. Do we Do we feel comfortable with being a petting zoo? 
I, I, I do not think it's a particularly great idea. I did see that you, you tweeted that out the other day, and it's interesting. But I got to say, if, if the Titans are asking for, for top money for people to pay this, to, to watch people ask questions at a press conference, I hope they're adding some more perks than, than just the ability to watch a press conference. I think we're very not, compelling. I think it's, yeah, it's not the most exciting uh, thing in the world. No. And, and I think, too, you wind up there – in a situation where like some of our colleagues perhaps, uh, you know, might enjoy playing to the crowd uh, mm. a little bit more than, than perhaps their, <laughs> their job uh, requires. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think fans all the time are, are going to look at, at, a, at a press conference differently than, than we do in the media, especially after losses. Fans are angry. I know every every <laughs> fan of a sports team, you're angry after a loss and you want to yell at the coach, why were you calling this play? You know, what was this guy doing? And, and uh, you know, that's what they a lot of times want to see from us. So that's, it's not our job to get angry with coaches. Ask him about those plays, try and figure out what's going on. Sure. Get as much information as we can from him. Sure. But if they're going to be sitting there banging on the glass saying, scream at him, scream at him. You know, I, Could I you imagine if they, if they had that when Ken Wisenhunt was the coach? Yeah. <laughs> They'd have the to glass. have armed guards. <laughs> <laughs> the, the glass might have broken very quickly, I think, in, in, back in the day. Yeah, for the eight people who were still in the stadium. <laughs> Be- better, uh, better addition, the, uh, the media petting zoo postgame or the mechanical bull they're talking about putting it at the embed center oh outside in the you uh, know, look. south end zone. Anytime you can have a mechanical bull, I am, I am I'm all in. I am absolutely all in. Look, we got a pool in Jacksonville. It's the only thing that makes the Jaguars interesting, all right? <laughs> so, I mean, you may as well have a mechanical bull here. And, and you just put Derrick Henry's head on it. And so you can no. pretend this is what it's like to, to, to try to bring down Derrick Henry. And you see how right. long you can stay on his back. See, now they listen to this podcast, Corey. They're going to take that idea. They're going to market it. And you're not going to see a dime. <laughs> That's it. It's my whole life, buddy. Okay. <laughs> but that does bring in a little of the whole Broadway country music swag, you know, a little of the Western flavor of Nashville, you know, uh, you know, even though we're not in the West, uh, people think of us as a, you know, a great little, little Western town. So that, that's, that's kind of a link out there. You go for it. Um, you know, I, I think my last suit. They'll go over well. I, I would pay more money for that than I would be able to uh, to sit and and uh, and watch one of us ask Mike Vrabel questions and him drop yeah. a two word answer on us. <laughs> uh, it's it is it is many things to look forward to in in twenty twenty one and years to come because obviously that's far off. But uh, anything to get us out of twenty twenty in the Zoom calls. Anyway, what is still happening in twenty twenty and what's a big deal in twenty twenty? is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, the reason that it's so much fun to be a Titans fan, the reason that it's fun to cover them is because I got real live offense, not just real live offense, but the by, by uh, points per game tied with Kansas City for the best offense in the league, 31.1 after that demolition of Detroit in their last home game of the season. Uh, Pro Bowl snub, whatever. I, d- I don't really care about uh, the Pro Bowl uh, accolades of it, but him – as an entity, as a player, the caliber of player that he is right now, I'm not here to do the Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill who's more responsible for the success of the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. But just as, as somebody who's only seen him and Marcus Mariota, uh, um, uh, what's uh, Blaine Gabbert and Matt Castle in, at various times, 
I, I don't know how, just even from a statistical standpoint, and getting closer and closer to that, not even leaving it up for argument, is, is he the best quarterback or the quarterback who's play, played the position at the highest level of any of the Titans quarterbacks that have come before him? Warren Moon obviously played for the Oilers, and I don't think anybody's putting him in that, uh, that range, but as great as Steve McNair was and, and all the things that people remember Steve McNair for, Tannehill's got to do some more winning, obviously, but there's nothing like him not named Mahomes in football right now. You know, Vrabel mentioned he didn't necessarily like you <laughs> extending the ball like that. So first talk through that score, how you know you can make the dive attempt, and two, did Vrabel say something? Uh, he didn't say anything verbally, but his face told me exactly what he was thinking. Uh, I got to the sideline, and there wasn't a congratulations, a good job. It was a scowl. So, uh, yeah, I, I knew that was coming. As soon as I reached the ball, I knew that was coming. You know, we talked about being careful, reaching the ball down around the goal line. I didn't feel like I was going to get hit. I felt the guy was far enough away where I could dive and him not hit me. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, I wouldn't have reached it. So uh, just just playing, you know, spatial game there, just seeing if uh, – you can get it in before uh, the guy gets there. If not, then you got to take care of it and, and just probably go out there a couple yards short. Well, look, I mean, the Steve McNair was a different time in a different era of Titans offense. you got to understand that. Jeff Fisher a little more close to the vest uh, than, than they are now. And, look, he's also got the best tandem of receivers that the Titans have ever had. You know, Derek Mason was very good, but they never had a duo like they have right now. And as good as Frank Wycheck was, he does not have the explosiveness that Delaney Walker had or John U. Smith has. So the weapons are a little bit different and the era is a little bit different. And, and like when Steve played, John knows, when he was at his best, it didn't matter what the score was, you expected Steve to find a way to win the game. Okay, that that was one of the big things about Steve. And I don't know if we've seen that from Ryan Tannehill because we haven't had to see him come from behind that many times but as far as playing at a high level um, and, and putting up huge numbers you know on a regular basis and making it look kind of easy at times you know Tannehill is certainly doing it now there were plays Sunday you know when when he fakes to Henry and rolls and there's nobody there but green space in front of him that's not a hard play that's not his fault uh, when he drops back and Corey Davis is 10 yards free, 50 yards downfield, that's not a hard play, and that's not his fault. But the, one, the thing that I saw from him that was phenomenal in that game is they came out against a bad team, and he came out dialed in and made some high-caliber throws that really had some urgency to them. And I think he's helping elevate the offense and his teammates some in that way as well, in that he is raising the expectation for this team like it's never been raised before and he has been absolutely fantastic I, I'm not ready to put him you know better worse than Steve McNair you know we're about just over a season in on Ryan Tannehill and it's it's the most prolific season that I've seen I'll put it that way are we going to stir the pot Corey if you're not even going to go out there and pick one or the other that's what that's what I, Buck I, is looking I'm for. a hot it, take machine John I, I know I know I it's want. Just, it's, <laughs> No, I, I, um, I, you know, I, I agree with you, Corey, and, and I think a couple of things I wanted to point out, too. You, you know, you mentioned how he was sort of all business there uh, in the game against the Lions. And, and really, 
there was one thing maybe sort of midway through the year that I thought this team struggled with, and it was kind of their starts. You know, they, they were uh, – eventually yeah. they would score points, but, you know, the first quarter, it was a little bit of sputtering going on. Recently, uh, not the case. You know, I think in their, in their last six games, they've scored a touchdown on their first series five times. That's immediately going to put the other team in the hole, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, put them on their heels, you know, change the complexion of the game, give you momentum, et cetera, et cetera. And then I, I would argue, too, that he has been pretty good in, in terms of comebacks. They haven't necessarily needed a lot, but, but mm -hmm. even this year, I think he's had four or five uh, fourth quarter comebacks this season. And as you look back, yeah, and, and since, uh, since he came in as a starter, I want to say it's he and maybe, maybe Josh Allen are, are right up there at the top in terms of fourth quarter comebacks overall. So it's, it's a much different feeling now watching this offense and the expectation level is, is so much higher. You know, I, I, I remember the first series of the second half against Detroit. Uh, you know, I, I think they wound up punting after five or six plays. And immediately Twitter's like, ah, we're, you know, we're starting, you know, crummy again, you know, we're, we're shaky. What's, what's going on? And I'm thinking to myself, this was one, one drive, you know, one position, but when you're scoring, you know, 21 points in the, in the first half, and when you're averaging 30 points a game, you know, the, the bar gets raised uh, so much. And, and that, that one stat uh, that was passed around quite a bit, I think is a really good one. Um, you know, five straight games, at least 30 points, mm -hmm. at least 420 yards, only the ninth time in, in I think, NFL history. Four 40-point games this year, Johnny. Four. Exactly. That's a exactly. huge number. And, and I guess where, the big difference also is, is when Steve was here, I felt like the whole offense was kind of on him. And, yes. and we don't feel that way now because there are so many guys who are capable of making big plays. And he's allowing them to do it. He's been fantastic. They're out here caving people's skulls, and it's everything I hoped and prayed for to the football gods the first time I watched a 12-9 to touchdownless overtime game against the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Like, I sleep – I lost sleep at night. They count the same, Buck. They count the same. <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> and then the, the only downside, I'm sure, Buck, you'll, you'll probably jump right into this too, is that they better be really good offensively uh, this mm. year because the other side of the coin has not been so good. And if they're not outscoring teams – they could be in, in real trouble going forward, right? This is why we need Glennon on the podcast more. He's a professional. He's better at this job than really? me because this is how we transition into our last topic of the podcast for Corey Curtis and John Glennon. Uh, one thing, if they are to stop Aaron Rodgers, if they are mm. to get a stop defensively, which is <laughs> hey, not, not just one, <laughs> my God, just one, uh, which is not something that this team – uh, finds or comes easily to them. They certainly can't do it with a pass rush. Uh, they have struggled to get any kind of pressure, even though they did at times show pressure against Detroit. It is oftentimes uh, hopeless, it seems, because Stafford will complete a three and th uh, third and 13 pass, even as he is getting knocked down and things of that nature. We've seen it all year long. If I had to pick, or if you had to pick, Corey, I'll start with you, one way – for them to stop, get a stop against Aaron Rodgers and the third highest scoring offense in football right now behind the Titans in Kansas City, what would that one thing be? Make sure he orders the same pregame meal as Lamar Jackson in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the, that's, that's about their best hope, I think, at this point. Look, Those, those Cleveland uh, chili dogs, they'll tear you up, man. I, I think I look. Call me a quitter. 
I have given up on the Titans getting any pressure on the quarterback because we jump out of our chair when we see a guy get remotely close. I mean, it, I have never – and look, I grew up a Chicago Bears fan. I'm used to teams that can rush the quarterback. They may stink, but they can rush the quarterback. I have never seen a team this bad at rushing the passer in my life. I mean, they just don't get sex. They're not close. They're, they're not close. I mean, and most of the time. So the, the, what do they have to do? They've got to cover. They've got to cover. I mean, they've, they've got to be man-to-man, and they've got to be tight. That's, that's, that, that's the only hope that they got. Yeah, uh, you you make some good points there, there, Corey. I mean, what's fascinating to me when you when you look at the the numbers here, uh, they've got 14 sacks in in 14 games. The the franchise record for 16 games for the franchise record for low is 31. <laughs> so they're they're 17 <laughs> off the franchise low. Hey, oh. they could have a huge game. Yeah, that's what they come in bunches. That's what they say. Oh, but. Uh, but it's it's just an incredible, and you know the 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 big challenge, of course, this weekend is if you're looking for sacks and a guy to sack, Aaron Rodgers is is not your guy. It's not like he's got the speed of a Lamar Jackson, but in terms of moving in the pocket, in terms of getting the ball off quickly or throwing it away, he's outstanding. He's only been sacked 18 times all year. The the time to throw with quarterbacks seems to be so much quicker. Uh, this year, at least it's progressing that way. Saw Rodgers had had a really short time to throw last week as well. What when when they're doing things like that to help mitigate pressure? Is it just as simple as get your hands up when the ball is released, or or how do you kind of how do you kind of help your guys be more effective in such a short span of time? Yeah, I mean, I think we you can work on getting your hands up and ball disruption and, and those things. And I think when you look at um, quarterbacks that are generally getting sacked, it's everybody wants to point to the offensive line a lot of times. And here I am defending the O-line as a D-line coach. But a lot of times the, the when quarterbacks are getting sacked, they're, they're holding the ball generally. I mean, that's usually – I mean, I don't care if you're unblocked. If a guy's throwing the ball in 2.1 seconds, you're probably probably not going to get there and hit him. So generally when, when quarterbacks are getting sacked, I watch every sack throughout the league every week. And, and there's generally a, a trend. Guys are holding the ball or people are making mistakes. And then there's some that are just flat out beating people. So, I mean, it's a combination of all those different things. So I agree with you that it, it, it's not going to come in terms of better pass rush, more sacks this game. The coverage has to be better. And, and I think one thing that's that's trending for them here positively, of course, Adoree Jackson played his first game last week. Can you take us back to, was it the Thursday before the opener, a, a, a regular Thursday morning and, and something happened? That it, Was it that day? And did you know it was, was going to? set you back the 13 weeks or, or a long period of time it you get hurt that day in practice oh uh, yeah I didn't I didn't really know how long it was going to be um I didn't know what you know I, it was one of the things where it was just some, a crazy thing happened to me and I'm uh, just fortunate enough that you know everybody was positive and kept me positive and kept me upbeat um uh, you know when you hurt it's one of the worst things um, to imagine because you're so used to doing things a certain way, living a certain way and doing your, your daily routine and not be able to do that 
and to be out there and compete with the guys, um, it hurts, really. Uh, it's, it's sickening, I would say, you know, not being able to be out there and do that. So finally be able to come out and be with the guys, man, I'm just thankful for that. Uh, contact yeah. injury, non-contact injury? It's just one of those things where the Lord, he did something and it just hindered me from going out there. Only played 27 snaps, but by all accounts, did pretty well for himself in those. I expect those snaps to go even higher this week. And in addition, you know, maybe we'll start seeing some more of the, the three of a Dory Jackson, Desmond King, and, and Malcolm Butler on the field together. I think last week is a little bit more of a Dory Jackson or Desmond King at times. I think Ty Smith, you know, maybe this week will be more of that, that guy, the, the odd man out. All right, let, let me also add, Aaron Donald has 12 and a half sacks by himself, okay? Um, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It really but, but, but the other thing, and I know you asked for one buck, but you're going to get two because that's the way I do things. Okay. The other thing that the Titans can do, and it's very important because, uh, look, this Packers offense, everybody talks about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and for good reason. They're phenomenal. But this is a run-based offense. Now, make no mistake. I mean, that Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones duo – are putting up monster numbers. The last couple of weeks, the Titans, the first half especially, have defended the run extremely well, and they put themselves in many more third and long situations defensively. And regardless of how bad they are at third and long, you would much rather be there than in third and three or third and four. So I, I, I think the other caveat of covering better is they need to continue that trend of being salty against the run to give themselves as many quality opportunities as they can it's it's an incredible stat for both of you the one that their, their franchise low record in sex is 31 and that they have 14 is ghastly <laughs> and the idea that Aaron or that uh Aaron Donald excuse me I kept wanting to say Aaron Rodgers Aaron Donald as 12 and a half just on his own that's that's my thing to stop Aaron Rodgers it's it's prayer I don't know what else you do uh I don't even it was cruel last week when they took that one away from Tier Tart it was cruel <laughs> I felt the whole Titan Nation just dying when they announced that that was no longer a sack we were literally we were we were talking amongst ourselves I was sitting next to Johnny uh, uh in in the uh in in, in just a an another just shank to the side of our buddy Joe Rexroad who's at a commission <laughs> uh for at least uh, 10 to 14 days um, we were talking about it in the press box just because uh, we all thought it was a sack and then they went back and, and changed it o over the uh, or the official record keepers the stat uh, the stat people negated it and turned it into a tackle for loss in favor of Tier Tart they just I, they literally can't get there I know I know Clowney uh, for whatever he was he led the league in almost sacks which are actually called pressures but it's much funnier to call them almost sacks but at least they had pressures then at least they had pressures then. Now, which is, which now is, it would go ahead, Johnny. Yeah, no, I was just going to say uh, there, there have been some differences. I thought the last two weeks, you know, in that Cleveland game, Baker Mayfield, there was rarely anyone within five <laughs> yards of him. I, I think they literally touched him, hit him one time. Desmond King almost wrapped him up the, the one time. At least the last two games, they've had some hits. They've been near him. And in fact, in the Jacksonville game, it was almost, you know, funny if you were from a, a neutral standpoint how they missed uh, some of those sacks. You know, they, they looked like everything was lined up. A guy would slide or fall down or, you know, get juked out by, by one little step. So at least we're seeing them get a, a little closer. Maybe that's something that, that moves in the right direction. And, and again, if the coverage gets 
you know, a tenth, two tenths of a second better with, with the guys seconds. that are coming back? Maybe that helps the, uh, the, the rush as well. well let's see. Look, this rush is so bad right now. Aaron Rodgers may just roll out there in a pair of jorts and a ball cap. <laughs> it took them 72, 72 hours on that one-third down play the first no, time the Lions forever, to get forever. Stafford to throw the ball away. It's, it's, it's insane. I've never seen anything like that. Just for reference for the people listening at home, Aaron Rodgers' average time to throw right now is 18th in football among qualified quarterbacks. Now, that also includes people. It'll be 32nd after this. Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow (laughs) and Nick Mullins. So, you take that for what it is. But 2.72 seconds right now, uh, just below Ryan Tannehill at 2.68 seconds average time to throw. I was going to say, if you if you are keeping track of, of the, uh, the the drought uh, at home, we are now up to 13 full quarters uh, without a sack for the Titans. The last a sack Baker's was the, dozen. The, the third quarter at Indianapolis against Phillip Rivers. And I was that to your Tart? I can't it was Harold Landry. Mm-hmm. May have been Landry. May have been Landry. Okay. Tart, well, Tart was close. Tart, Tart's, uh, Tart's, got some, uh, Tart's got some juice a little bit to him. We actually talked to Terrell Williams uh a good deal about him today. So we will have to we will have to save the uh, Tier Tart podcast for noted Tier awesome. Tart documentarian Paul Kaharski whenever it is that he deigns us uh, to deigns <laughs> to show up on the uh, on the next podcast that we do. What has what is disgusting is the Titans pass rush. What has not been disgusting is the facts and figures that our friends Corey Curtis of WKRN News Two and Johnny Glennon of Broadway Sports Media have been kind enough to lay down on this podcast. It is again my deepest apologies for it being so long. I know everybody I know everybody's dying to get a text from me asking them to work for free on a regular basis. Uh, but we will have to do it again soon, boys. It was a lot of fun. If, if you could maybe just throw in a free tour of the shed with the, with the next one of these, I think I think all will be we forgiven from my standpoint. And I would just like to invite Josh Gates to come do an ex- an episode of Expedition Unknown in your backyard. <laughs> Listen, the things you would dig up in North Nashville, uh, probably <laughs> probably uh, better, better moves for cold case at that point. Well, he has uh, a new show called Expedition X. Maybe that's better for that. Spicy. Okay. Spicy stuff. <laughs> no, one X, not three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Five good minutes coming up here in a second. Before we put a bow on this week's show, only one podcast this week because of the holidays. I'm going to be taking Wednesday and Thursday off from the podcast and from primetime for those of you who view with us. But I'll still be going to Titans practice, still be writing articles, still covering the game on Sunday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers. And we have a lot to discuss. But first, I'm going to tell you about our friends who present the Zoom line in which almost all of our guests appear on. It's our friends at Tame the Beast. It's not too late. Just because it is the week of Christmas, there is Hanukkah going on. Kwanzaa is on the horizon. Whatever it is, your particular faith or uh, practice that you choose, you can order gifts for whatever it is that you're celebrating at this particular happy time of year for 20% off using that promo code BEAST2020. Online at GetBeast.com. Great packages that are put together for you with the Beast boxes. They come with a variety of personal care and grooming products that you can only get at Tame the Beast. Good stuff from the earth that's good for your skin. That's what they provide for you. Not just for your skin. For your skin, your scalp, and everything 
in between. And if you don't like the Beast boxes that are put together for you, you can customize your own online at GetBeast.com. Just make sure you save 20% off and use that promo code BEAST2020. Make sure you groom boldly. Make sure you use our friends at Tame the Beast. All right. Five good minutes to put a bow on this week of shows. I thought initially, and I'll be honest, I teased initially in the beginning of this podcast that we talk about the Vols getting COVIDed, if that's even a word, and their appearance as a three-win team in a bowl game being nixed. Now, that sounded like a good idea on the front end, but to be completely honest with you, until they fired Jeremy Pruitt, I got nothing left to say about the Vols. Like, it's just, I'm, I'm hoping that Jeremy Pruitt, who tested positive for COVID-19, and many, many other players who have uh, been reported to do so as well from ESPN, who, is, who put out that report, I hope that they all make a full and swift recovery, because that's some scary stuff, I know personally, having been through it. But outside of that, it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise to not have to just labor on with this Tennessee football season. So instead, given that it's a holiday podcast, I am somebody who celebrates Christmas, but I celebrate Christmas in a different way, or at least for the last five years I have. So this is kind of my holiday spiel, five good minutes on how I celebrate the holidays and things that I do and do not like about the way that people traditionally celebrate the holidays. Now, this year, (laughs) it's going to sound terrible, this year, more than any other year, I am (laughs) grateful for the global pandemic. (laughs) I can't believe I just said that out loud. And I shouldn't even laugh because it's terrible. It's cost... Uh, you know, m- m- tens of millions of lives at this point, and it's a horrifying thing that the not just the country, the world has gone through. But also, it gives me a great excuse in a way that football football always gave me an excuse not to participate <laughs> in family functions for holidays, Thanksgiving, New Year's, Christmas, whatever it may be that people gather together for. I'm just not a family gathering person. It's never been me. Couldn't be me. I don't know how it is that people can stomach being around friends and family members who they see not so often. And I will say that many other people have a. And it's not like I. It's not like I don't. I don't love my family. I love my family very, very much. Of course, we all do. But the tediousness of holiday gatherings is something that I have for so long just absolutely abhorred. It's to the point. And my girlfriend is a saint uh, about this kind of stuff. The best, the best part about my relationship is I have somebody who understands me. Find somebody, if you're going to be in a committed relationship with anybody, find somebody who understands you. My girlfriend understands that I need timeouts from people, <laughs> for lack of a better term. I'm kind of a crazy person. Uh, maybe you knew this from listening to this podcast, from consuming the content that I put out. Maybe you you know this just from following me on social media. I don't know. Maybe I give off the crazy vibe. But <laughs> whenever my girlfriend... Actually, I've only been to see my girlfriend's family once. She's in Florida for, I think, the better part of two weeks because I can't travel right now or I can't leave work to travel right now because we're in the middle of football season. The playoffs are on uh, on the verge of happening and the Titans have two very very important games left to play. That's uh that's it's my it's my busiest time of year. So, she understands that. But the first time that I went 
to meet her parents, who are lovely people, and to meet her whole family. I've met almost, actually, I have met her whole immediate family at this point. But the best part of that whole experience was, over Fourth of July weekend, is that she set up a schedule that would give me (laughs) regimented breaks (laughs) from people, that I could be alone. And and the way from just general conversation. I talk for a living. It's probably shocking that I don't do well in large groups. And it's not just because it's my girlfriend's family. In fact, I very much enjoy my girlfriend's family. It is the case with my family as well. There are times... And I shouldn't be saying this out loud because people will figure it out. And I don't think anybody, any, anyone in my family listens to this podcast because they have no particular interest in Tennessee sports. So why would they? But I have for so long spent about an hour at any given family function and then immediately retreated into the office that my parents have at their house when the family gatherings are there, closed the door and just kind of sequestered myself from the rest of public life. I have been social distancing for so many years before the COVID happened. It's just always a part of who I've been. And again, this makes me an insane person who doesn't want to be around their family on the holidays. And I have I have done, you know, my safe and social distanced time with my family this past weekend when the Titans had a home game and it's a very quick trip for me to go up and see my mom, my stepdad, my sister, and my grandmother from, of course, a social, uh, socially distanced perspective. So I have not checked a box that way, but I've seen my family. I've gotten to spend time with them, and I feel that that's been satisfied. I don't need anything else. I'm very much looking forward to quiet in my home alone <laughs> on Christmas. I don't know why I'm like this, but it's just the way I am. The best gift that anybody could give me is the gift of silence and the gift of solitude. That's what I'm looking forward to on this holiday weekend. I hope you guys have a fantastic holiday with your friends and loved ones if you are not able to do so because of COVID-19. And I hope that everybody continues to be safe over the course of the holidays because it poses high-risk chances for all of us in the state of Tennessee. We need, clearly, (laughs) lessons in how to better practice safe and social distance. Uh, protocols, given how bad the numbers are right now in our state. I don't know. Uh, The podcast for another day. But I would say to you, however it is that you're celebrating your holiday, whatever it is the holiday that you're celebrating, whether you are lighting menorahs, whether you're underneath the Christmas tree, whether on December 26th you begin Kwanzaa, and if you got your powers on December 21st, I'm very happy for you. There's probably about a third of the audience that'll get that joke, but I hope the third that got that joke, appreciates it very much. I'm grateful to you guys. You guys give me the gift of being able to do this for a living. And I tell you all the time how much I love you, especially around here, because you know that you're the P1s. You are. Uh, you guys are the best of the best. And I got a lot of love in my heart for you. So enjoy the football weekend. Enjoy time with whomever that you're spending it with. Know that I will enjoy my time <laughs> around absolutely no one. And uh, in the meantime, before we speak next, I need you guys to stay safe. I need you guys to stay clean. I need you guys to stay hot, Nashville. This has been the award-winning 615 Sessions podcast. It's powered by Two Rivers Ford, and it's brought to you, as always, by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com.